the Mortal Yogi Podcast with me, Dougal Meacham. Welcome to the Mortal Yogi Podcast, Andrea Boni. It's a lovely pleasure to have you. And uh, what a place. We are sitting in the middle of Thailand, surrounded by birds and rice paddy. And uh, we are, I think it's fair to say, over yogurt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, the, the training is going really, really well. It's, uh, it's been my pleasure to have you. We've, um, we've been yin yogaring for three weeks. We're getting into our fourth week. Yeah. I think most of the stress is out of our bodies. Okay. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a pleasure, an intense pleasure, an I intense, would say. That's, yeah. That sounds so wrong for a yin yoga <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself. It's, uh, we've, I've been, we've been moving past each other for the last two or three years through Inner Revolution Studio in, in yeah. Milan, where I always hear wonderful things about you. Thank um, you. Tell us a little bit about about yourself and what brought you into Yogaville. Right, right. I was very, very young when I started my path and especially the path of meditation because my parents were meditators. So um, basically my father um, started TM, Transcendental Meditation, pretty early. And uh, when he started, I felt that somehow um, I belonged to the path of meditation myself. I didn't know why, actually. It was, my age was 13 wow. years old, so I was very, very young. But when he brought the meditation in the house, I asked him, I said, can I, can I meditate? Can I get an initiation to meditation? And and he said, if you want one, you have to pay for it. You have to save your money and pay for it because you have been doing so much sports, you know, and you have gone from one sport to another, from one activity to another. And this is an important one. So if you want to really pursue it, you have to pay for it. Wow. So I saved my money <laughs> little by little. <laughs> He's serious. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it happened. And I actually he was very smart because in doing that, he sort of forced me to see into myself and to to see if I was really willing to to do it as a regular practice. Mm -hmm. So I saved the money. And when I had the money, I went to this meditation teacher and I asked him if I could be initiated. Oh, initiated. so not to be taught by your father. No, all. no. There to the same meditation teacher from whom he had been mm -hmm. initiated. Ah, wow. Yeah. At the ripe age of 13. I mean, right. I'm the father of a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. They don't have that uh, inclination <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know. Can I don't know why I had why? that. No. I mean, I, I was really ready. And so the meditation teacher, he gave me a mantra a sound to repeat and and he said you should keep your eyes open and you should go for a walk every morning and every afternoon and just repeat your mantra that's mm -hmm. your task so 20 minutes in the morning 20 minutes in the afternoon you just mm -hmm. go on a walk and so i did for a few months i kept this practice daily 
And uh, I started slowly to sink into the discipline of the practice. So at the beginning was something that I was just doing, you know, because I, I had been told to do. Right. But then slowly I started feeling that I was enjoying it, I was loving it. So I went back after a few months to him and said, I am loving it. I, I really like it. So he said, maybe this is the time for you to close your eyes and to ah. meditate with your eyes closed. Ah, how clever an introduction to, yeah. to mindfulness and, and uh, being, being in a meditative state. I think so. I think he, was, he wanted to check if I would be capable of keeping my focus and keeping my love for the practice for an extended period of time. So that's how it happened. And then, and then I meditated with Transcendental Meditation for um, six years. And, and then my, my uh, father, he went to India because he was a pilot of an Italian airline. Mm -hmm. And so he went to India. He met this great teacher. So he came back home and he said, um, he said, I want you guys to meet this person because he's an amazing teacher. And, and at that time, I wasn't very in tune with my father. I was a little rebellious. <laughs> and so I said to him, you go your way. I go my way. And yeah. I, you just go whatever you want. You do whatever you want to do. And I'll do the, the same. Opposite. Exactly. <laughs> I'll do the, the opposite. Yeah. So he, he said fine, and so we, our paths just diverted for a couple of years, and then, and then slowly I felt that it was the time for me to go and meet this man. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did this journey to India myself, and so my relationship with the practice changed again because it started becoming a more intimate connection with um, my own heart, with my own inner space. And it, something happened in India. When I met this guy, I, I came with a lot of burden on my shoulders. You know, I was like a teenager, I was 19. Mm. And, uh, very confused and I, I did, did really didn't know you yeah. know what to expect of my life and I had been challenged big time so um, when I got there I remember it was a Sunday morning and this guy was meeting people was meeting the Indians there so there was a long queue so I dropped my luggage and I could see this guy like in the distance and he was using peacock feathers to to meet people, like to touch people, oh. to recognize their presence. So I could see the waving of the peacock feathers, you know, and and the more he was waving these peacock feathers, the more I could feel that uh, that he was somehow polishing something inside myself and I could feel that something was dripping down my feet. It was a very strange sensation. It was like I, I was beginning to let go of my tightness, my inner tightness. 
-hmm. I didn't even know this man. Mm. So just by looking at this movement, I could feel that something was sort of um, softening inside myself. And from that softening, I realized that that was a key for my practice to soften, Mm. to learn to soften. And so that has been my path, my personal path throughout these years to be like be disciplined in the practice, but at the same time um, softening more and more into the practice itself. Did you, uh, um, teenage, this is a very odd time for a teenager to be looking at meditation, but I'm thinking now in, in the world today, what a wonderful uh, blessing that that is for for a teenager to get into that. Were you, were you uh, a shy teenager? Yeah. Were you quite outgoing? No, I what was... What do you think, uh, looking back, you were... What was your... Actually, I was pretty shy. No, I was pretty shy, and I, I... Unfortunately, I had been majorly abused. Um, not physically abused, but abused... Um, like psychologically. yeah psychologically and, mm-hmm. and emotionally mm-hmm. by by my schoolmates and mm. you know so mm. it had been a difficult time for me to to find a way to get over that and accept myself the way I was wow and also the way that I I was um, searching for life, searching for something that would make a meaning for me, you know. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. And, but at the age of 13, 14, 15, <laughs> 16, you know, you're very, like, uh, raw. And, and you're like, it's like you're, you don't have a skin. Mm. It's like your, your flesh is, yes, you are completely is open, exposed, exposed to everybody's opinions and right. thoughts and ideas. So you have to make your own, mm. your own path. You have mm. to, your, to make your own bones strong. Mm. So I have to say that the meditation practice has helped me a great deal to do that. And I have meditated basically everywhere, like from the barracks in my military service to <laughs> meditating on the loo, you know, in <laughs> when when I was working for television, there was no other place where I could meditate. So I was that's like shutting myself in the toilet to meditate for a few minutes, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Very weird places on the metro, on the train. Mm-hmm. But I kept my practice going. Mm. And the more I did, the more I realized that my practice had a lot to do with my own body. In fact, at this time, my meditation is basically working to soften the outer body, to get m- more and more inside my inner body. Mm. So it's, it's a very specific way that I practice and teach that has to do with the body we i don't discard my body Mm. like i don't just Mm. put my body in a posture and Mm. i just forget about it Mm. and it's just a mental process Mm. it's actually it has a lot to do with with the relationship i have with my own body the more i the more i 
I soften it, I let it go, and the more apparently my inner body gets awakened. Sounds contradictory. Yeah, it, mm. it is, but actually in the experience it's not. Now give us before, we, we are, I think there's lots to talk about here, but before we zone in or zoom in, tell us a little bit. So you grow up, you become a teenager, you become a young, a young man. Right, I started um, working for television, I got a degree in uh, performing arts and, and literature, I and I started working for television and for the movies. I I was a producer for for Italian international movies for a while, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I felt at the age of 41, I felt that that time for me was over, and I took some time off. I saved some money. I took a few years off. And then I met my asana teacher who radically changed my view on the asana practice. Mm. And, and that pushed me in the direction of teaching asana and then starting to teach meditation. Mm -hmm. That's how I have gone back to... So it's, it's been a kind of a, a circle in a way. Yes, mm. it has and been. And you still practice and teach asana? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Mm -hmm. I practice and teach Anusara method, which has been another awakening in my practice <laughs> for me. Yeah. yeah, and it still serves the purpose of um, illuminating my path and my connection with the body. Mm. And I have to mm. say that that this training, this in yoga training, has also been very, very important for me to to put my attention onto a very different way of dealing with the body, which um, has to do more with acceptance and ah. softening mm -hmm. into the posture rather than doing the postures, like being in that ah. space rather than, than performing something. You mm. know. Mm. I, which is something that has to do with the meditation practice. You know, sometimes mm. we think that we have to do things in meditation rather... You must achieve must this number of breaths. Or right. Or, or repeating the mantra or having a specific technique that we want to follow. And we forget that a lot of the practice has to do with softening, has to do with simple being so, there. Ah, and now that's... Uh, you are leading me exactly to the door of, of of what is for you at least what is meditation how would you describe that I'm asked it so often and you know from it's a stupid thing you sit down it's boring and pointless I like I don't understand what meditation is to uh, uh, a defined path like I'm doing it to get somewhere to go places to achieve nirvana or shamadi or or uh, it's it's a pure scientific modern mindfulness based approach for you and it's you've been in this a while since the 70s what is uh, has it changed oh big time big time it started as being just a technique that i was performing so i was performing this technique to quiet my mind to quiet your mind yeah mm -hmm. but then it started becoming and more intimate action that I was performing to to return in in contact 
with my own self and mm -hmm. every time that I felt I was away from myself. So I would do it several times per day, even mm -hmm. for like two minutes or three minutes mm -hmm. or five minutes. Mm -hmm. Every time I was feeling sort of drifting away. Can you say what is drifting away? Is that like a... It means feeling, feeling, feeling disconnected, you know, from my own heart, so to speak, you know, from my own center. And it could have been a psychological thing, an emotional thing, maybe going through something really hard to accept or a discussion or or maybe something at work, you know, that would bring your mind into a very... Uh, agitated agi or angry or exactly. emotional. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would face that emotion. I would look at that emotion and at the same time, you know, reconnect with my own breath, reconnect with my own self and sort of moving back into a steady, my steady posture. So mm -hmm. at the beginning it was just a technique, then it became a practice. There is a big difference between technique and practice for me. Ah. A technique is just something you perform. A practice is an intimate action that you do to reconnect with your own essence. Mm. Mm. That's why I, I tell my students that that they should really reflect deeply why they want to meditate. That's the first thing you should do. You know, the, when I meet with uh, students that want to start the practice of meditation, the first thing I ask them to do is contemplate deeply what is the reason that brings ah. you here, you know. Mm. So the more you, you do it, the more you um, make it intimate and personal, and ah. the more, the more you will do it, you know, otherwise it's another thing you pile up on your schedule, mm. you know, it's another thing you do in your daily schedule. Right. So you will not do it for a long time. You, you will only do it. It's like brushing the, your teeth or. Right. Or cleaning the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. any other duty, sure. you know, mm. whereas I think that the only the only way that we can really make meditation part of our life is if it responds to, to a deep call, which is not necessarily a spiritual call. It could also be a call to reconnect with your own self when you feel that you are not connected anymore. When you say your own self, um, I think people outside of yoga will 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 be confused or certainly not, not totally understand this language. We use it in yoga yeah. a lot. I, I, well, what I mean and what I have my students experience is that you can have a deep connection with yourself also by having a deep connection, for example, with the back of your body. You know, like if you really feel that you can move your attention to your spine, for mm -hmm. example, or the back of your head, or the back of, of your pelvis. And every time you feel that the world is taking over, you simply gently move ah. your attention to the back of your head, to the back of your heart, or mm. the back of your spine. 
then you feel that there is a distance. You sort of establish, you bridge a distance between you and what is happening to you. And you reconnect with something stable that I, I experience as steady mm. in Always myself. There. Always there. Mm. You know, the scriptures call it the great heart or the big heart or the self or consciousness or mm. big words, you mm. know. But the first thing we really need to understand is that everything is in the body, you know. So you mm. just have to find a place in the body that is steady mm. and stable. For and me, it's the spine, for example. Yeah. For other people, it's the pelvis, it's the ground. Mm. You know, uh, for other people, it's the heart. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying, in my experience, everything has to start with the body. Mm. Because if we detach from our own body, the first thing that takes over is our mind. Ah, completely. Yeah, so, we, so that's why when we close our eyes in meditation, the first thing that awakens <laughs> is our mind. You know, especially if we forget about our body. And, yeah, or our, my legs, yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. So, um, now people, people, I, my experience as a yoga teacher is that people's relationship with their bodies, that's one of the reasons we like the asana or yoga postures, because it's, oh my God, um, back I didn't realize how strong the experience of my body could be. Right. So the, uh, is it similar to what you are saying? In yes. A way? Yes, of course. I mean, mm. each and every one of us has to find a relationship with the body that is different. Mm. You know, my my dance teacher, for example, I spent a few years at the National Academy of Dance in Rome before I completed my studies for university. And she used to say when we were spinning, for example, or jumping, mm. she would say, you have to find a place in the body that will hold your focus, you know, ah. because otherwise you will never be able to spin properly. So she would say, either it be the pelvis, so you always return to the pelvis, mm -hmm. or you keep keep one spot in focus and then return to that spot every turn, every like, turn you make. Like a quiet eye of the storm or right. like a distance on the horizon which is always there. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And so I, I have actually learned it from her, ah. you know, like make sure you find a place inside yourself wherever that you can return to. And and that will become your abode, your, mm. you know, your safe place where to return no matter what happens. Wherever, whenever, whatever. Exactly. And the more you get in touch with that place physically, and the more your mind will get accustomed to being there, and, and the more you will uh, experience it differently mm -hmm. as time goes by. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it's just physical. Mm. Then it gets emotional. Then you bring your breath there. Then you feel that you can soften into it, you know. And the and the more you do that, and the more you feel that it ca it can be a shelter, like a refuge, is it like a mm. like a very gentle space where to go back. Mm -hmm. So 
coming back to your question, what is meditation for you? For me, meditation is uh, a very intimate, intimate action that I perform for myself, to myself. It's like reading poetry or, <laughs> you know, or, or listening to a beautiful music. Mm that you do it for yourself and that music somehow brings you to a space that you want to be in. Mm. Mm. You know, for me the practice has become that. And it's a daily practice. And you can do it, uh, I would imagine, not just in a formal meditation posture. Absolutely. Has that changed over time? You said technique. Do you mean focus, the ability to hold your awareness, your conscious mind on one thing or idea? Yeah. Is it's that what your teacher, you, you think, taught you way back in the walking with your eyes open? Absolutely. That was the mantra, you know, this, this sound, this very pure sound mm. that I was given to focus my mind on. And then it became breath. Mm-hmm. And then it became gentleness or love you know then it morphed more and more into a feeling of intimacy and belonging that doesn't have that that need for a mantra so much anymore in my own practice it's just there it's just there and that's why i don't teach mantras Ah. I teach mantras very, very much into the practice. Like after a few years mm-hmm. of relation with my students, mm-hmm. then I teach them mantras, about mantras. Mm. But the first time is more like reconnect with your own body, with your own yeah. self. Yeah. Uh, I, just listening to you. Uh, so it sounds like uh, you know the double helix or the the uh, what is the, the the snake which swallows its own tail and kind of almost make loves to itself. It's the yin yang symbol. It is uh, it is the circle of life. And uh, I know for a fact that just being a a yoga teacher, many people are n- nowhere near uh, intimate. I like that word, intimate relationship. <coughs> with themselves it seems we've come <coughs> divorced from ourselves does it happen in childhood does it happen in as we grow we become adults oh i don't know how to answer this question mm. it's um because it has become <coughs> many things you know along the years and even during this training you know <coughs> I have been in asana practice for so many years and I have had a certain kind of relationship with the body that was very strong, very demanding. I wanted to perform, you know, I I wanted to achieve certain results with Mm. my own body. There is nothing bad about it, but that was my understanding and my willingness. But now here, Mm. I started to to feel it differently maybe because i am grown (coughs) into a different space of myself you Mm -hmm. know so so i decided that i didn't want to perform Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be aligned i didn't want to be a good boy (laughs) you know like so to speak 
Yeah. I didn't want to please you. Mm. I just wanted to re rewire myself and be open to a different experience. And a lot has been happening since I came the first day. A lot of uh, emotions have been coming up, a lot of dreams, mm. uh, a completely different path mm. that actually showed me that the power is within the body. And you know, you, you are uh, almost sounds like a, an LSD or psychedelic <laughs> trip, or in in some ways, if you talk to people on LSD or mushroom experiences you know my life I get up brush my teeth I go to work I come back rinse wash repeat weekend recover and their experiences are often I had one guy is like uh, standing at the top of a snow slope and he looked down the piste that he'd always gone down and the mushroom just took him off into the forest and then he came back to the top and he went the other way and it's like oh uh, and that's all him that's all his experiences right and uh, they're limitless oh yeah in a way oh yeah I remember a great meditation teacher used to say it's everything within the body you know the body that we that we know is very limited like we have a very limited conception mm. of the body mm. But if we go into the inner body, the inner body is immense, is endless. There are mm. endless worlds inside the inner body. Mm. You know, we have worlds into the emotions, we have worlds into the mind, we have worlds into the physical body, we have worlds into the higher mind. We have many different aspects of our own inner body that we can get in touch with in the practice if you quieten the whole outside and the the monkey mind or the the eight mind down there's a, there's a whole it's the tip of the iceberg yeah but the w only way you can tame your eight mind is is creating a relationship with it you know starting to know it mm. you cannot simply silence the mind beat it to death you have to you have to create a relationship with it and the more that relationship is intimate and, and soft and I remember my teacher used to say the the mind is like a queen who has been deprived of her throne you know so she's restless <laughs> because she doesn't know she doesn't know where to sit yeah if you don't give her ah. something to sit on uh -huh. which is which is interesting enough or good enough for a queen to sit on Shit, who's she will she will keep I, exactly right. she, she will keep bitching you you know she will keep being <laughs> a, a pain where is it find my throne or off with your head right yeah exactly so my in my understanding of my own practice i can only only do that if i respect my mind i don't shut my mind down mm. I respect her tendencies, I respect the way she performs, I watch it as it develops. It's a part of the universe, it's a part of the whole And thing. it's also a part of my own vision, mm. of my own awareness, mm. of my own consciousness. Mm. It, it, you know, the mind moves mm. and it will always move. Mm. 
you know, this great meditation teacher used to say, you know, the problem, the, the thoughts are not a problem. The problem is our attachment to the thoughts. You know, we, we get engrossed and attached to the patterns of dealing with thoughts, mm. of, of right. you know, like uh, being involved in what the mind is, is creating. Like, like addiction to a, a relationship that, you know, went bad and you're never going to let it go. And you're just going to come back with, you know, guns or knives or puncture their tires when they're, when they're not watching. Absolutely. Uh, uh. I remember Sally Campton said something very beautiful about meditation. She said meditation is like a love story or a love affair. You know, you have ups and downs in a love story, you know, in a love relationship. Mm. There are def different seasons in the relationship. Mm. And sometimes you feel more connected with your beloved one. Some more you sometimes you feel completely disconnected. And but the the important thing is to keep the intimacy as much as you can in the relationship. Then you will keep it alive. And the same is in meditation. If you only practice meditation as a technique, then. It's mechanical. it's mechanical and harder, in my opinion. Mm. It's harder. I mean, you really have to be a, so, so disciplined that you will do it no matter what. Whereas, if you feel yeah. that, you know, the meditation Most isn't... Most people don't have that. And me neither. I mean, yeah. there, there have been times in which <clears throat> I've been so... so, you know, engrossed in in my own life, mm. you know, with the ups and downs of life, that I didn't want to sit. Mm. So I had somehow to find a way to respond to a deeper call in myself to mm. sit, mm -hmm. you know, to keep sitting. Mm. Otherwise, life takes over. So, how do you, how do you, where, where, where are your students going if you like are they going places are they what are, what is the is there an aim is there a ultimate objective for most students who come to study with you is it, is it very uh, practical to re reduce stress and just reconnect what are what are the well what, what are the broader or well, goals. students come for many, many reasons. Mm. For years, we had a meditation center in our home, and people would come to the meditation center to to go back to sleep, for example, <laughs> because they had insomnia, wow. or because they had broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm. So they would come for that specific purpose. And meditation, most of the time, helped them to to achieve that purpose. Mm. But then the funny thing was that they received more than that. You know, oh. they received uh, something that pleased their heart, that mm -hmm. pleased them themselves mm -hmm. inside. Mm. So after gaining sleep again, you know, they would come for a different reason. They would come because they felt that something had been open or revealed or awakened inside themselves through the practice. 
And this is also happening with my students nowadays. You know, they come for many, many different reasons. And sometimes they don't even know why they're coming. Ah. I, they don't even tell me. Mm. And then maybe a year into the practice, they come to me and they mm. tell me their mm. story, you mm. know. And, and then we start again from there. You mm. know, we calibrate the practice also on the basis of their new needs mm. or their their new growth mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very fascinating Dugo. <laughs> like in my opinion it's so fascinating and yeah and you know sometimes I tell my students when you sit maybe you have come back from a very challenging day at work or you're very tired or maybe you have had a quarrel with somebody. Mm. So when you sit, that's what comes up first. Sure. You know, that heaviness, that tiredness. Mm. So you cannot avoid that. And that that sucks because many people are going to go. I hate meditation because every time I sit down, all the bad stuff comes to. Because you try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Because you <laughs> because you try to be somebody else. Mm. Because you try to play the role of a good boy or a good girl. Mm that has been taught that you know just to shove to get rid of that get stuff, rid focus. of that stuff and yeah. keep focus mm. no you can't do that mm. you have to start from where you are mm. if that is the case then stay with that emotion start from there breathe into it soften into it where do you feel it in the body mm. where is it is this emotion located mm. is it inside the pelvis is it somewhere in your neck is it in your eyes where is it and then s just gently move there move your breath there mm. so that is going to be your way into the practice not an abstract uh, mantra or anything else that you want to superimpose over yourself wow you know you have to be very practical start from where you are and that's that's what I'm getting from one of the things I'm getting from this is that this this is uh, I'm guessing this is one of the magic elements of 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 your of what you practice and teach is there's no there's no vanilla formula here like exactly this is you know uh, rest, uh, you need a mat and you and a timer and be able to count to ten okay let's go it's, this sounds maybe very complicated but there must be themes of uh, of the process of intimacy yeah absolutely but you have to start from where you are ah. no matter what mm. you know so you don't pretend mm. you just look mm. to the truth ah. to the truth truth that is there just watch just watch mm. start from there and make it physical mm. where is it you know where where can you start inside your body and then bring your breath there. Make your breath soft. Gently rub that emotion. <laughs> you know, really, really cuddle it. You ah. know, like cuddle it as if it was a child or or mm. or a puppy mm. or something that you could it's bring gentle. It's probably the opposite of what you feel like. Yeah. Often. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Because maybe you feel that that emotion is too strong or you want to just get rid of it or kick it out. But my experience is that the only way the emotion can really go 
or 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 just uh, soften you know is if you are there for it and if you bring it closer to you and feel it gently inside your body not trying to to um, follow the narration of your mind about that emotion right you know but rather feel the raw sense of that emotion inside mm. yourself like the raw material of that so, emotion so it's pure ex it's pure unadulterated uncensored unnarrated truth right experience right mm. and body experience because body. that emotion is mm. embodied somewhere inside yourself mm. it is there <clears throat> so unless you know where it is located you cannot access you will access the narration of your mind mm. but you will not access the emotion so easily mm. you will just have a like a lot going on mm. you know whereas if you find that spot inside your body then you can really work at it and what what happens when you cuddle your uh, when you cuddle your puppy well it's like giving a throne to your mind <laughs> so That's it was in the room the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah just like you know you're you're just, just like me with my car keys honoring yeah. just honoring honoring what is there mm. you know and uh, that's that you know Dougal that has been a big big change in my own practice mm. you know like becoming aware that the body has different entrance points and one of these entrance points is actually making the emotion physical ah. and then sort of working through the body into the emotion and that will bring you into your inner body it's like your inner body is, is starting to swell it's starting to become bigger and then the practice is happening mm. Sally Kempton says something very beautiful one more thing she says the meditation is like a current you know like an energetic current inside yourself mm. and to access that current you need time mm. and and a practice so the current is always there but in order for you to get in touch with that energetic current you need something you need a tool well as an absolute chi junkie i'm uh, i like that <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> big time <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah I, I like that too and and yeah and and actually the inner body is waiting to be met so as you as you as you look back over 40 40 years of 45 45 years of meditation uh, what's hap what's happened what's happened to your relationship with you and with inside and how does that affect the relationship and your view and your experience of the outside well, meditation has grown with me, you know, has been my main companion in life. Mm. You know, like right now for me, it's, it has become a dialogue, an inner and silent dialogue. Which you always have. Which I always have, like big time, all the time. Wow. So it's, I never, you know, one of, one of the big things that I was experiencing when I was a kid was loneliness. I was feeling so lonely like 
like I I couldn't find any place or person that could really quench that thirst you know or being loved mm. you know and the practice has given me that you know has given me a, an inner presence mm -hmm. that no matter where I am no matter what my mind condition is is always there for me and I never feel really lonely anymore. I feel that uh, sometimes I feel I would like somebody to with me, like a person yes. next to me, to spend the rest of my life together. But I never, I have, I haven't never felt really lonely. Mm. Really, that I cannot bear it. You know, mm. it's I. I feel that I that presence inside myself is always for me there and it's incredibly no warm I mean the first time I met met you just a few weeks back and now having seen seen you, you know enter the dining room and go go places uh, in around through Chiang Mai and I won't mention where you went two nights ago <laughs> uh, but that's a good example of uh, uh, it gives you an incredible adaptability an incredible uh, an incredible softness to you know anything that comes at at you it's it's like a surfer on a wave it's like um, it's like a it's like a gecko on a ceiling it's like a, <laughs> it's you, you seem to be is, is that meditation it's done that's done that it's meditation, it's aging, it's many things. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably also aging. <laughs> Maturity, so to speak. But there are very grumpy, rigid older right. people. Yes. And you're certainly not one of those. You know, if you meet uh, no, people who, who, are, who are not in an intimate relationship with yourself, to use your language, you don't have this communication channel. They don't have the ability for self-reflection. Right. And, and, uh, yeah contemplation and well maybe that would be okay right but also you know m when I meet people like that you know because people come to me like people even grumpy people or very or mm. old people you know mm. that feel they want to learn how to get in touch even at the age of, uh, at the age of 80 or old in their lives and I tell them to sit you know like I instruct them in their seated posture and I guide them into their own bodies you know mm. just feeling the surface of the body feeling the, the skin feeling the flesh the bones wow. feeling that they that there there has been a long history with that body you know so that body has always been with them and has been their servant for so many years. So by getting in touch with that body, they can find peace. Can we try? We can try. It sounds, of course, it sounds delicious. Try. Of course we can try. I'd, I'd love to try with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sit. Okay, so just uh, take a very comfortable seated posture, the best seated posture that you can find for yourself 
It can be sitting on a chair or sitting cross-legged. But the main thing, if you can, try to find a way to keep your mind extended. Sorry, keep your spine extended. Keep your um, the central line of the body extended from the base of the spine up to the crown of the head. So if you need something to prop yourself up, you can do that or support your lower back with a cushion if you're sitting on a chair or against the wall. So give yourself the time to prop yourself up. That's very, very important. So don't be harsh to yourself or pretend that your body can sit no matter what. Your body might need some extra support. So you can check if your knees can be lower than your hip creases. So if you want to put a cushion under your butt to support yourself, to draw your knees a little bit down, you can do that. So take some time to, to make sure that you are comfortable with the body. And then you can gently place your hands either on your thighs or one on top of the other in your lap. So even here, just choose what fits you at this present time. So don't make it mechanical, but allow this to be the practice that you want to perform now. And then rest your hands. Allow your, the palms of your hands to rest. So feel that there is space inside the palms of your hands space in between your fingers. So when you do that, probably the top of your hands can soften too. And then ask yourself, how do I feel when I soften my hands? Does that softness reflect somewhere else within myself? Is there another part of my body that has softened at the same exact time? Can you feel the perimeter of your body? the shape of your body? Can you feel the top of your head? The external sides of your shoulders, of your hips? Can you feel that your body has a front and a back? a top and a bottom. A left side and a right side. And become aware that 
this shape that your body has will become the place where the experience of meditation will take place. So just soften the skin around the body. Soften the skin of the front of the body. Maybe your eyes. Inside your ears, inside your nose. Maybe the space inside your mouth. Start to feel that the skin is gently softening onto the muscles. The muscles onto the bones. And the bones onto themselves. And whenever you do that, how does that make you feel? And now start to gently release any tension from your organs. I know that this may feel a little strange, you know, how can I access my organs? But just feel that you slowly are moving your attention within the body, within the physical body, in the space inside your physical body. Even if you cannot spot the different organs, just feel that you are cuddling, cuddling them, you are gently releasing them. So while you do that, how do you feel inside your inner body? What's happening? Whenever I do this process, I feel that my inner body slowly starts to awaken, starts to grow, to expand. It starts to expand to receive the breath. So allow your inner body to receive your breath. as if you were opening the door of your home to a friend. So you're not simply pushing in and out your breath into your nostrils, but you are allowing the inner body to receive the breath. So the breath is touching the space inside your body.
And whenever you exhale the breath, your inner body slowly accompanies the breath out. There is a little throb, a little vibration that allows the breath to move out. So whenever the breath comes in, the inner body receives it, opens to receive it. Whenever the outer breath goes out, you simply rest your attention inside your inner body. So the in-breath and the out-breath become your friends, you, they become an intimate part of yourself as they move in and move out. So the quality that you are nourishing is the quality of welcoming the breath of receiving. So every time the breath comes in, you simply are there for the breath. And when it goes out, you let it go, but you stay in the space that has been created. And if the mind gets distracted from sounds or thoughts, don't worry. Just simply go back to softening your outer body, moving slowly to meet your inner body, and then allow the inner body to receive the breath again with gentleness, with openness. Just perform this practice for a couple of minutes.
Every time you exhale, you allow your awareness to rest in the center of your body, just along the central line of the body. There is a gentleness there. There is a sense of great intimacy there. So become aware of the extension of the central line from the base of the pelvis up to the crown of the head and above. You can feel it as a very slender, a slender um, extension like a bamboo cane or you can feel it as a much larger and um, mother-like energy. 
that extends throughout your body. So whenever your breath comes in, you can feel that it's actually welcomed by the central line of the body from that space of stillness. from that mother-like energy that receives the breath. And whenever you exhale, you simply rest there. It can be at the base of the center line or at the center where the heart is, or maybe around the space of your head or above your head. You simply feel it. And you receive the experience. You just rest there. Without trying to make it happen, or to change it, simply being there. Allow yourself to be received. To be welcomed through the breath. Try not to run away. Try to make this time your time. Just give yourself this chance for a couple of minutes more. No more than that, just a couple of minutes. Rest in the space of the central line of the body. like a shelter, like a refuge.
And then very gently, just go back to your physical breath. Feel the breath in your nostrils. Feel it in your muscles, in your bones. Feel that the breath becomes physical again. So you're moving again to the periphery of the body. You're moving away from the central line, moving more towards the edges of the body. You start to feel the air touching your body from the outside. You feel that the space where you're sitting has objects around. Maybe you can hear voices or sounds around you, people. So inhale and exhale a few times with a long deep inhalation and a long exhalation. to get yourself back in touch with the physical body, with the world around you. And then, if you like, you can stretch your body, you can extend your legs out. And when you open your eyes, please don't rush. Just lean your gaze down somewhere on the floor. Just rest your eyes there for a few seconds. Just to honor the experience you have just had in the practice. And then you can gently just come back. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for practicing with me. It has been very nice to be with all of you, to be with you, Dougal. Thank you, Andrea. That was unique. Thank you. That was a very strong meditation. That was cool. Thank you. Where can we find you around in the world if we want to? If you want to. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I have a website under my name, andreaboni.it, for Italy, where there is a calendar of, of programs and events. And I will be in Bali very shortly for an advanced teacher training. Then I will be traveling to Europe, back to Europe and back in the different countries in Europe. So if 
any of you want to join me, I will be more than pleased to meet you again in person this time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a and he is nice to meet in person. It's uh, it's been a pleasure, Andrea. And same here, very much so. I wish uh, even more softness coming your way. Thank you, thank you, uh, Dugo. And uh, and a wonderful start to this new decade. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, thank my you pleasure Dugo for listening. See you around. Bye bye. <laughs>